So Mixologist, if you love this show and it's ever made you think, you know what? I should make my own podcast. I say go for it. Let me tell you about Anchor, okay? Honey, it's free pumpkin. Yes, free. There are creation tools. It allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer just like I do. You can literally even add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for whatever you want and can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, something the world's never heard before, or join the rest of us and talk Bravo, Housewives, Bachelorette, all those fun things you love in the TV you're watching. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many, many more. All the girls will be able to hear you no matter what or wherever they like to listen. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, Pumpkin. Literally, you put it out, you can get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's super, super easy. I love it. I use it all the time. I make this show and y'all love it. And you know what? I couldn't do it without Anchor. They make it so easy. They have the best support staff. You literally can reach out to them anytime. It's truly a great way to start a podcast journey. Get yourself out there. Talk to the people. Connect with the people that love the same things you love or people who maybe want to have a little discord with you. Either way, mix it up and let Anchor help you do that. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.f as in father, m as in mother, to get started. Download that free app, honey, and get you some podcasting. Hey, y'all. I'm Moni, and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, 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 all you beautiful people, pumpkins, mixologists, everything in between, both alike. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking because this is a one-sided conversation. You can't hear me, but I certainly hope everyone's having a great day. I could not be more pleased with my day. I am so excited to announce that I am on Bitch Sesh. So that is out, <laughs> the same day this is out. But I am welcoming a lot of new listeners, new mixologists, new people who don't know why I call them pumpkin yet. Um, so let's make them feel warm and welcome. Thank you for joining us. I am very excited um, about what I did. I thought I had a great time. I really thought it was a wonderful conversation that I had with Casey and Danielle on Bitch Sesh. And now I'm, I'm going to have a wonderful conversation, a couple of wonderful conversations here on the podcast. I also launched a Patreon. There are plenty of you who pledge um, support in financial ways, which I greatly appreciate. Trust me. Woo! <laughs> but you do it through uh, the links in the description um, and in my link tree. 
but for those who want me to work a little bit more for the moolah, that's also very fine. I understand this is America and that is how things go down. Um, I have started a Patreon. So if you're looking for more content and you're like, I, I love her, but I don't have random coins to just be throwing her way. And even if I did, I'd want a little something extra in return. Listen, it's a give and take, take and give. I'm fine with that. I have launched a Patreon. It will be at the link in my bios. It will be on the link tree. We'll be talking all the things. So if you're looking also for bachelorette coverage, this podcast is already long as hell. I can't, I can't add anything else. So I will be covering the bachelorette in totality for the entire season on my Patreon. So every week, every episode will go on there for that so that this doesn't get any longer and I don't have to skimp on anything. And to get you guys interested, because I've already converted a few people and I'm really excited about it. My guests this week, Kaya and Aaron, they both are watching The Bachelorette this season. And um, my other guest, Aaron Hill, is a Bachelorette aficionado, a Bachelor Nation aficionado. And I have her on to help me convince y'all to do it. Mainly Bravo, Raven for Mainly Bravo and the Bitches Better podcast. She will be on this journey, she thinks, <laughs> for as long as we can keep her on, sustain it on The Bachelorette. Listen, if you've never given it a try, my main reason for why I love it, I do explain greatly with Aaron. It's more just a teaser to get you interested into the Patreon. If you've never watched, if you're looking for new TV, it's really that, listen, we know that it's not realistic, but their level of delusion and ignorance and the bubble they live in has nothing to do with me, my human rights. I don't feel threatened. I don't feel like I'm attacked. And even if I did, we know what we're signing up for with them. It's very painfully obvious that they're trying to make a show. I've said very many times, the Bachelor and Bachelor producers are the greatest producers on television. They run circles around Bravo. And I will explain why um, coming up very soon. It's only about 20, 30 minutes with Aaron talking about why people should be interested in The Bachelorette. If you're interested in, for this season at least, it's going to be a wild one. So I really think that we're off to a good start. Um, join us on this journey. If you're interested already, join us on the Patreon. And that's where I get deep into the episode and talk about the men, the first impressions, uh, the controversies and the allegations. There's also some tea that Aaron spills up that intersects Bravo and Bachelorette and who both worlds have in common. Um, and who she has on her shows that are coming up that we get some good info from. And we have the very first Black male bachelor and suitor ever coming up. They've already casted the women and they all look Instagram influencers. So that's fun. Um, but no, there are some lovely girls there. They all look very beautiful and very diverse. And I am at least happy that they're able to do that because they've really taken the whole bachelor so white thing hashtag that you know Ellen Pompeo from Grey's Anatomy so eloquently pointed out um is their downfall and they've actually tried to do a little something about it and sometimes that's more than we can say for our beloved Bravo so we are keeping hope alive but we're also watching other examples of how we can make this work and if you're interested in that coverage that is going to be on the Patreon 
along with y'all. I'm rewatching OC season four for the very first time. Um, I'm really excited about it. I've never seen this season, so because I'm I, I wasn't around. OC did not excite me. So that is where I am starting season four. Watch with me. I'm going to be covering that on the Patreon. Also, if you're looking for all the hot topics and everything, unless they come up in regular conversation, the hot topics and ratings, again, this podcast is already long as hell. I will be covering that on the Patreon. So there'll be a, there will be a lot of content on the Patreon always. Pretty much I'll just be recording with people and people I'm already recording with. I will politely ask them if they can just stay on and record something for the Pates and the, we'll be over there. So feel free to join us. You'll get even more content. I promise there's always going to be something happening over there. So you will never be alone I will, it's like a private party. It's like VIP club, right? You just have to pay a little extra to get into the VIP, but it tends to be worth it. I'm not going to skimp you. I'm not going to scam you. That's not what we do here. But overall, I'm very excited for this episode. I am still on a high from Bitch Sesh. It was so much fun. The ladies are absolutely hilarious. And I actually think I did a really good job. And I think that I had fun with it and was cool and myself and that is what you can expect because I don't know how to be anyone else at least not for 30 minutes plus that's a lot of work so without further ado we're going to get into black excellence and then I'm going to jump right into why I think if you are on the fence you should watch the bachelorette with me and everyone else that I've gotten to watch and uh you know a little bit of tidbits i'll be teasing what i'm talking about on the main feed to see if you even want to be interested on the patreon and if you're already over there you can get your coverage there that and so much more and then i'll have kaya and aaron from bravo while black the podcast and instagram page on to talk potomac so that is the order of ceremonies uh black excellence which is a great one this week as it is every week and then uh, why you should be into The Bachelorette. And you can, if you're not interested, skip about 30 minutes ahead. And then we'll have Potomac to finish us out. All right, so we are back. And for Black Excellence this week, I actually am planning on changing that name. And I think that it really makes sense what we are going to manifest it as because this woman is the personification of what black excellence is but also what i'm going to retitle it which is black resilience i absolutely love that title um one of my amazing mixologists and followers on instagram her name is anna she is a therapist, and because of that job, I'll protect the rest of her identity. But Anna, shout out to you. You know who you are because I told you you are amazing for giving me this. Black resilience is exactly what I think we should call it because it's not even just that we're it's excellent because excellence. It's not like we should have like a requirement, it's like a level or a threshold of what you should be because that's not the point, right? The whole thing is that we are doing our best to survive and make things happen and push through a lot of obstacles and stereotypes and other things and oppressions, fight systems of oppressions that POCs have to do all the time. And resiliency is the way that we do it. And I think that that is what I'm going to call it now. So thank you for that, Anna. And my Black resilience this week is 
I'm, I pray I don't get your name wrong. I have listened to the news 30 times to hear this, and I still feel like I might not get it correct, correct, but I'm going to do my best. Black Resilience this week goes to Janie, Janie's Andrades, a amazing woman who what, saw something that she wanted and went after it. She is at the same hospital now as a nurse practitioner, finishing all of her good degrees, honey. As she's at the same hospital that she was also a nurse and also a custodian. And she did all three in the span of about 10 years. And she worked her way up from custodian to nurse to nurse practitioner. And she posted a photo on Instagram and Facebook of all three of her IDs for all three of those roles. And all three are very important. And I could not commend her more, could not thank her more for her service, especially being a custodian in a hospital. You matter, you are necessary, you are appreciated. Um, what you do keeps people safe, keeps people from getting sicker, keeps people from getting sick if they're not there for sickness. And it, we couldn't do our lives without knowing that where we go, if something went wrong, we were in great hands and in a safe place, and especially during these times. So custodians, thank you for what you do. Nurses, thank you for what you do. And nurse practitioners, thank you for what you do, especially doctors, everyone in the healthcare field. And she was so committed and now she is a nurse practitioner. And I think that is absolutely amazing. She lives in Massachusetts and she it was at Bay State Memorial, Bay State University, Bay State Medical. That's where she was. Okay. Bay State Medical, if you're in the Massachusetts area, shout her out, say hello, maybe, you know, give her something, uh, you know, a kind word, a lollipop, a good deed, something, pa pass the word along because we need to appreciate people who do so much for all of us to be able to do so much more. And it's really amazing and inspiring and we appreciate her. So Janice, thank you for your service and congratulations on becoming a nurse practitioner, girl. Yes to the coin upgrade. I love to see it. That is Black Resilience this week. Let's hop into some mess with other people. All right, coming up next, we have Erin Hill from getting cozy with Aaron Hill, the podcast and Instagram page and a host of Tub Talks coming at you with why you should be interested in the bachelorette this season, if at all. And then right after that, about 30 minutes later, we have Kaya and Aaron from Bravo While Black talking and breaking down this week of Potomac. And again, if you're interested, hot topics and everything else, including the weddings, the breakdowns, things like that will be on the pate. And otherwise, thank y'all for joining. Let's have fun. All right, y'all. So this is my final plea to get you guys to dive into this season of The Bachelorette with me. I'll be doing like coverage on my main feed and covering it each week on my new Patreon, honey, along with bonus episodes of Housewives of OC, uh, coverage from previous seasons, season four is where we're starting, and other things. But with me today to get y'all into this wild premiere, this crazy season, these trailers, and talk about all the good Bachelor and Bachelorette tea is Erin from Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. She gets exclusive Bachelor 
Bachelor Nation interviews. She hosts an IG live series called Tub Talk, and she is in her tub with me right now, people. So she does it all. I'm so happy to have you on, Erin. Hi, how are you? Hi, friends. So nice to be here. I'm so excited to chat with you. All things Bachelorette. Um, So much has happened. I can't wait to get started. Yes, same. Oh my gosh, this is quite a wild time. So I've been telling people, you know, we know there's always this debate. You can't be in both The Bachelor and Bravo. We break that rule. We both get into The Housewives and some other Bravo shows and we get into The Bachelor and Bachelor. I mean, it's what you do for your podcast. Please, please tell everyone why you love The Bachelor and The Bachelorette because I have my reasons, but you got, you got me into some extra things like Bachelor in Paradise, and I've never looked back. So how did you get into all this? I'm so glad I brought you to the dark side. Yes. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. Well, my love for The Bachelor runs so deep. I remember watching season one on my sorority couch in college. Oh my gosh. And I know I'm dating myself, but that's okay. Um, I... (laughs) I just remember being captivated, fascinated, and just completely hooked um, from season one. So I have literally missed maybe a handful of seasons, pretty much seen every season out there. And I definitely have my favorites, um, but I think my love for Bachelor kind of took another level, like took it to a whole nother level. Uh, when I started meeting them in person because they became not just characters then they were actual people and I realized they're just like you and I you know they just Mm -hmm. had a life before and have a life after and I love meeting them and seeing how real they are and how honestly how genuine and kind um, that a lot of them have recorded with me which I am so honored you know to have them take their time out of their busy day and do that. So I have the utmost respect for Bachelor Nation, and I think that really makes my love for the show even deeper and stronger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I have to admit, I love Bachelor because I actually think it's the ultimate trash television. I think it is the (laughs) best version of when people say they like trashy TV, like Housewives and, you know, old things on VH1 and things like that. I actually think The Bachelor and The Bachelorette really fits that bill because there is a certain level i call it polite delusion like they're all so polite but everyone's skating around the issue because they can't break that fourth wall which is crazy the the way that they do that because we'll see a producer that's not new like on bravo people are always like we saw the producers the producers were talking and i'm like if you watch the bachelor or the bachelorette you see those producers every freaking second they address the fact that they're on a show they address the fact that they are in a competition they address all those things they break that fourth wall but then it's so funny because they'll say things like um they're not here for the right reasons or i'm afraid i'm not going to get enough time and it's like they'll skate around certain issues and they can't say certain things like i just want to be an influencer or i'm here for my brand or i'm here to promote my music career and things like that and i kind of even like that bachelor leans into it because this whole listen to your heart thing I thought was like a direct portrayal. And for y'all who don't know, Listen to Your Heart was a a spinoff of the Bachelor and Bachelorette main series where everyone there were suitors for each other. It was like Bachelor in Paradise, but everybody could sing and write a song. They were all very talented music people. And it was kind of like that season, and you'll have to tell me which one it is because I I watch them all in order now, um, where Jed was on it. Was that Hannah's? Hannah's, yeah, Hannah Brown. 
where it was people were talking online of maybe he just went on there to promote his music career. And we were very, you know, leery of that. And we were very upset about that. But Bachelor, ABC, they leaned into it and were like, we will literally have a show where people are here just to promote their yeah. music careers. And we'll put them in a house, pour them all up, and make them all fall in love with each other. <laughs> and I think it's kind I of know. And, and Jen Dad kind of missed his calling, right? He was kind of on right. the wrong season. One season too early. Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, though, because I've met so many of the Listen to Your Heart guys um, and girls mm -hmm. and talked to them and interviewed them. They are all so genuine and kind. And I felt like it was just a breath of fresh air to see that, like, authenticity mm -hmm. from people just who are just incredible musicians literally just wanting to get connected, you know, to one another yeah. and, like, and play music together. That's they really all they wanted. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. really get each other. And I think that that is where Bachelor in Paradise and that formula works so much better. Um, I was recently talking to Raven from Manly Bravo. She's going to dive into it with me, uh, with me as well because she always wanted to get on the train. Like, it's so big and people don't get it. When they invest a lot of time into Bravo and Housewives, I get that. I somehow managed to do both. But Bachelorette and Bachelor is such a wild ride because the emotions are so high. They're all stuck in this house. This is a very crazy time that they are even doing this. And we're going to, you know, jump into that, the COVID and everything like that. They're one of the few shows that started filming as early as they did. And I mean, they're swapping spit. They have to like, this is like a... <laughs> doing the opposite of social distance. Like they're creating dates in the courtyard, but they're like, the show must go on. But it's such a wild ride because it's filmed in such a vacuum. It's a short amount of time. The women or the suitor, in this case, Claire, is very much so expecting a ring and an engagement. And that's always like, I say always approach it with a little bit of realism. People tend to not like it because they think that it's not realistic or how can they expect this but whether or not you think that this is realistic or this could be you enjoy it for what it is and it is still an entertaining show it's entertainment and they do a phenomenal job of entertaining the producers i've always said bachelor producers are the best reality tv producers on the planet i really think they are and i watch a lot of reality tv right so they're producers everyone has to have drinks no one's eating on screen, but they're there for hours. They start their rose ceremony in the pitch black of night. And then and for Claire's first episode, did you see the sun was fully out, Erin? They filmed for like 12 hours. I was, she was like, I know it's been a long night. Those guys look like they were about to take a nap and fall right there. And people have always wondered, how are these girls crying after being sent home after one night? Because they're tired as hell. Like, yeah. They have been up in heels for like 12 hours. I know, and I feel like this had such a different feel, too, because these men have been in quarantine for so long. Yes. I mean, we're talking hundreds of days, right, where they had to wait and not like 128, know. I think she said. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, so it was nuts. a whole different feel. Like, the anxiety was so high. Yes. So, there's a lot of rumors surrounding Claire's season and whether or not she stays as the Bachelorette the whole season. You know, we'll get into all the allegations and the allege on um, when we switch over to talking exclusively for the Patreon. So y'all go ahead and add yourselves onto that. But, and um, of course, run down the actual first episode for y'all who really did watch, you know, a lot of mixed reviews on the, uh, the, first, the first episode, the premiere. What did you think about it? Did you like the premiere? And how do you feel about Claire being the first choice, obviously, for this season's Bachelorette? Yeah, um, I did. I liked the premiere a lot. I thought it had a lot of um, uh, wow 
factor. You know, there's a mm -hmm. lot of, um, I liked the, uh, the entrances. They weren't as memorable, I think, as in the past. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not, but mm -hmm. there were a couple that kind of stood out for sure, you know. Um, but I felt like overall, like these guys have had so much time to craft exactly what they're going to say. I was mm -hmm. prepared to be like blown away by every single entrance. Were you not? Like I thought yeah. you guys had so much time. Like you've been in quarantine for two weeks. Just thinking about this moment, you better nail it and it better be hilarious yes. or, you know, touching or whatever it's going to be. Right. But mm -hmm. I, so that was a little bit lackluster for me, but I thought all the guys looked incredible. I mean, they did not put on the quarantine 15. That's for sure. No, they looked amazing. <laughs> they Their suits were great. They were groomed. <laughs> Like, I was really quite shocked. I mean, I'm happy. I have mixed feelings about Claire. For people who don't know even who this is and you don't skip, we're going to actually talk a little bit about why Claire was chosen and why. Uh, my question for Claire is, uh, maybe it's the cynic in me, but why would you trust <laughs> this network to find you a husband? I mean, other than the fact that she is fantastic for ratings, this is, I think, her fourth run. So I need you to clear this up for me because I don't really remember. I know she was on Bachelor in Paradise season one. Uh -huh. I know she yeah. did a Bachelor in Paradise two. Um, I, I, I believe I remember vaguely her being on Winter Games. She was, yes. And she, okay. so her first, her first appearance on Bachelor was on Juan Pablo season. So Juan she's Pablo season, the worst said, Bachelor ever. I, yes. Oh, thank you. Yes. I know when people say it's Peter, I'm like, no, no, I am so I wouldn't even give him runner-up. Right, Juan Pablo season. That is, oh, that was a choice. Who's your right. second worst, real quick? Oh my gosh, second mine's worst. Ari. Yeah, I, mine's there. deeply Ari. I feel yeah. he was very, very manipulative, narcissistic, and he led that poor girl on for way too long and would not leave her alone. Like y'all, he followed her like around the house for like about forty-five minutes. They did like the yeah. producers did not even cut up that scene because they were like, "This is so jarring that people need to see this." Like he followed her, he lets her know he's not interested in her anymore. He broke off their engagement weeks and months into it, and then leaves her for the next woman, and then tells us. He won't even let his next woman, who's now his wife, watch the show because he didn't want her to see it. And I'm like, something's off there. So <laughs> I hate that. I hate it when they grab your face. And Juan Pablo was really notorious for two things, putting his hands in people's hair and kissing them when the middle of them talking, which I hated, and then saying, okay, yeah. to everything. And that's kind of how Claire right. got to be so famous. She, he... The night before the finale, she has a serious conversation with him about how their relationship was going and if he saw a future. And he tells her, I want to move to where you are. I want to be with your family. I see having a family with you. And then the very next day, he's like, yeah, mm -mm, no, you're not for me. I mean, she really went in there thinking she was going to be the winner <laughs> because she, he yeah. told her, I want to have a life with you starting like today. And she told right, right. him every single thing she said. He just goes, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hated nothing. it. He had nothing, no defense. He's just like, yep, that's who I am. And that's, you know, my story. I'm sticking to it. Um, mm. I have to say, like, Ben Flanick was so boring. I don't know if you saw that season, but oh, it was just wow. so yeah. boring. I'm like, why did they cast him? So he's yeah. probably my runner up, but Ari is definitely up there with him. But yeah. so, Winter Games, uh, Claire got engaged to a man. Okay, yes. Raw, and they completely glossed over that. I guess they didn't want to, like, 
remind us, but we all know. So it's like, why yeah, I think they want to stick to the narrative that she stayed single this whole time. Right. Exactly. Um, but to be honest, I think that kind of goes against the idea of her being a seasoned woman in her now 40s. You know, I think the whole point was she didn't settle for anything, but she also didn't have just randomly meaningless relationships. She's had serious relationships. She's been engaged. And I kind of, I'm not saying I'd expect that if someone over 40, you know, live your life, do whatever you want to do. But it makes sense that someone at her age has had that run-in with marriage. Like, don't make it seem like she's some old maid, like, that's never had luck and love because all they did was show us all the failures that she's had. I'm like, this is not, again, why does she let, like, I get why a bachelor asked her, but why does she let these people, like, have her up here, make it a fool of herself? Like, I just want her to finally win. And I think that's kind of where, from what we know so far, I think that might be where her attitude is in the the allegation that she leaves. It's like, this is my shot. And I finally feel like I got it right. And I don't want to play the game of this. I don't want to just leave it to chance of losing this person. I feel like this is my person. And so I just want to go ahead and not waste anyone else's time on my own. And I kind of get that because she's been waiting for this for yeah. a very long time. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you could, I mean, I felt the electricity when I watched them on screen. You know, whether you they did? talked to her or not. I did. I was like, I didn't wow. get it. No? Oh, I no. did. He was completely different with him than anyone else, like completely different. And whether or not they talked, you know, before, that's okay. out there kind of floating around, right? Did they talk? Did they not talk? Did they slide in the DMs? Did they meet in person? We don't know any of that, right? I mean, they're all saying that, they're both saying that they didn't, that none of that happened. Yes. But what I saw on screen, I was like, oh, damn, okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I feel like it was more from her than him, but I definitely felt it, you know, between them. But we have to talk about what Chris Harrison did because this never happened before where he comes back in and he's like, excuse yeah. me, did I just hear you say you yes. met your husband? Honestly. That was hilarious. Guys, okay, so if you didn't watch it, you want to watch or you didn't understand, they all come, they've been waiting forever to see them. These people, this is during a COVID crisis, the quarantine, no one has seen family members, no one has seen friends, no one has seen jobs, but they locked themselves down to be on The Bachelorette. They took three COVID tests in a row in order to make sure that they, it was a curbside COVID. They were like pulling up to the house, like, hello, give me your nose, please. And that would clear them to being on the show with Claire. And then they got to go and, you know, meet her. They all got their own suites, everything like that. And so they risked a lot to be there. Allegedly, um, there was, there's possibly some relationships or some conversations that happened because they weren't supposed to talk to her the entire time that they were in quarantine. Um, and I have a conspiracy theory about something that happened and I'll run it by you. You see what you and see what you think, but there is a specific guy named Dale who after each person gets out of the limo, they all, you know, come one by one, do special brand interests and introduce themselves to Claire and then go into the house. There's one guy whose name is Dale who comes out and he looks gorgeous as ever, ex-baseball player. And he, to me, I think it was that his intro didn't warrant her reaction to me. So it wasn't that there may not have been a spark. It was just that he, his was a little underwhelming. There were some other ones that I was like, 
oh, boots were good. And then his, to me, kind of fit into the fold of just the regular, everybody else's. So he yeah. just says, like, you know, hi, I'm Dale. He introduces himself. Yeah. And he goes in the house, and she goes, I think I just met my husband. And I remember stopping mid-cookie bite and being like, yo, what? Your husband? That was a stretch. That was a really quick jump. And she was so adamant. She kept repeating it. I just met my husband. I, wow, I've never felt anything like this before. Look at me. I'm shaking. Like, she's freaking out. And then Chris Harrison, the host, out of nowhere, never have we done this. Does he walk up and try to walk her through this? Like, like, are you good? Like, are you going to still want to meet other guys? Because we still got other men. There's 31 men here. And you already met your husband at, like, number 16 or something. And he is under the impression that, obviously, they're strangers, as are we at this point. So he is like, what is different about him? She goes, I am 39. I know what I know. And I know I felt it. (laughs) And I felt it right then because I'm 39. And I felt it right then at 39 because I felt it. I know what I know. And I'm like, okay, girl, she's 39 and she felt it. I get it. So I don't know. I'm not 39. I didn't feel it. So I let her have it. And then she went in after meeting all the guys. And I think the thing is, they're supposed to all get to know her a little bit, right? And I think where people are thinking that there's something that went down beforehand is because she talked to him one time, as she did a few others, but then there's drama that happens with a couple of the men, so she talks to them a little bit more, and everybody gets upset, like, oh, I didn't have time with her yet. So she it's like, well, will they get the time with her? So she really only has, like, one conversation per person, essentially, and at least for what we see, and that's what makes the night so long. She has one conversation with Dale. A few things stick out to people that I saw on Twitter and Instagram. He mentioned her mom, but we didn't see her say anything about her mom. He mentioned, how's your mom doing in all this? And we saw from her personal footage cam, her mom has Alzheimer's and dementia. She's really high risk. She lives in an assisted care community. How did he know that? Did they cut it out? What happened with that information? Where did that come from? Why didn't he mention a dad or something? Maybe he just follows her or maybe he knows about her. Sure. We all know that too. Um, something about uh, the way he approached her or what he said when she came to get the first impression rose. He was like, hey, how you doing? Like, how's everything going? How you holding up? As if that was kind of like he was kind of taking that protective role of like, this is already my girl. And I kind of liked it. That's where I did see the spark. I can understand. His smile is also so winning. I, it's, it's insane. It's very disarming. So I, but she spoke with a guy named Blake whom people really thought should have gotten the first impression rose. And she mentioned something very specific to him where she says, you are the only one who reached out to me and broke the quarantine rule and broke the contract to talk to me. And I really appreciate how you risked the show to talk to me during this time and see how I was doing. And I, she also kissed him, which is why he thought he would get the first impression rose. My theory is, did she say that to him so that if she's accused of it later with Dale, like of them talking during quarantine, it's not as big of a deal. Like, it's like, oh, well, you know, he's not the only, Dale's not the only one who broke protocol or reached out to me. It's also Blake or it's so-and-so, you know, we no one was talking to anyone. Like what made her say specifically like that so early, but then not give him the first impression rose because I think Dale did a good job in their conversation but to me he was not my first impression winner it was either going to be blake or easy who asked really great questions like he was a fan favorite early he asked deep questions about herself but not invasive and he really hit it off 
did you think Dale deserved that first impression rose? So um, <laughs> I'm guessing the reason she gave him the first impression rose is because of the feeling that she felt, right? Okay. She didn't have that okay. feeling with anyone else. But I, had I been in Claire's shoes, I would not have given Dale the first impression rose. I would have given Flake the first impression rose because technically he made the first impression when mm -hmm. he broke quarantine. Yes. And I feel like as like Good excited point. and emotional as she got when she was like, thank you, I needed that. That was at the right time. You know, like they connected, right? Way yeah. back then, not tonight, you know, not that night. So right. I felt like that, yes, she she should have given it to Blake. I'm glad he got the first rose out the gate. Like once he they had the yeah. that was good. I think that she, you know, was like giving him props, like, hey, what you mm -hmm. did was good. And I love that she said, always take the risk. Like I, I appreciated that. That moment was actually my favorite moment of the entire premiere, was that moment where she had that conversation with Blake. That was my okay. favorite. Yeah. It was. Um, but I think because, like, Dale picked her up, and it was, like, such an embrace, and she had, you know, butterflies and chills and all that. I mean, obviously, we all knew he was going to get that rose. But, no, I definitely think Boy Blake should have gotten it. Yeah, I, I mean – Listen, guys, we're about to dive in even deeper on the Patreon. If you are a Bachelorette lover, I suggest you go ahead and go over there right now and walk through it with us because this is going to be a wild season. I really, I really implore everyone to just take this journey with me. Monty's never steered you wrong before. I've never steered you wrong. I don't tell people to watch things that I'm like, I, I don't want to pick up my phone when I watch The Bachelorette. And this season... Already, I was deeply involved, and it's more fun when you watch with other people. You're, it's slower to pick up because we don't know these people yet, but that's the fun of it, right? And understand, if you don't find it to be the most real and compelling show ever, that's kind of the point. And think about the fact that right now, all their drama is with each other. No one's yelling at us. No one's questioning our humanity. No <laughs> one's questioning our rights to live or to breathe or vote or marry. None of that's happening. It is literally their own little bubble of ignorance and it's not a bad ignorance it's literally a blissful one where all they're concerned about is this moment and I really like watching that and if they're gonna shoot anything during 2020 it's that and at the very least take the drinking game with me I tell people take a sip every time you hear someone say here for the right reasons take a oh, sip you here I didn't get my time <laughs> Take two sips if someone starts crying within the first hour because they didn't get time. Um, if it's sunlight, when the rose ceremony is over, finish the drink. And <laughs> if they cry when they leave, but you don't even remember who they are, that's when I say drink. Because there have been times on The Bachelor where I'm like, who is this person and why are they crying? I don't remember you at all. That's why. <laughs> and... Um, we watch for the light delusion of it. It's very fun. We know that it's not the most realistic for us in our lives and love lives to marry someone after 10, 12 weeks of dating them, knowing them when you may have had three one-on-one -on -one dates for four hours. Like we know that, <laughs> but that's what makes it fun is that you're rooting for someone because you feel like there could be something there and right. they disappoint you. <laughs> and some asshole makes it way farther than the other ones. Right, and it's just an escape right now. And who doesn't need a good escape? Oh, we, you know? oh, we need it. Oh, we, we need, need it. it so badly. So I'm thrilled that it's back. I'm yes. so, so, so thrilled. I'm, I'm really so thrilled. Excited. But I have to say, I have to say, when, when Claire said she didn't have enough time to talk to all the guys, 
I call bullshit on that. I mm -hmm. felt like she definitely didn't talk to some of them on purpose. And yeah. I know that because she looked a lot of these guys up before. Good point. Very good point. And I think that, so we, yeah, we're, we're going to cover this entire thing. I might have to come back on halfway through the season, especially if we do switch over Bachelorettes to Tasha. That trailer, we're about to talk about that trailer on the Patreon where Chris says this doesn't end well for anyone involved. I have my theories on what that means financially. Um, and, you know, how the guys mm -hmm. even threaten a 14-person walkout. And I've never seen that on the so if there is like this and this emotional, we have a lot of things coming. The alleged replacement bachelorette is a black woman. The next bachelor is a black man. They're they're diversifying very quickly. They've already released the cast photos for the woman, the the women of the bachelor uh, for next season. And we're gonna talk about all that and some more. And I'm gonna get Aaron's thoughts on that trailer and why you think they decided to get these young men for this woman who was casted well before so because everybody was 28 and Claire's 39 and I have some questions about that so all that and more guys head on over to the Patreon link is in the description and thank you Aaron for coming on please tell everyone where they can find you and get all this other information from you Moni thank you so much for this opportunity um you guys can follow me at it at Excuse me, at Getting Cozy with Aaron on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook, Getting Cozy with Aaron Hill. And yeah, I'm on all podcast, uh, I can't talk today, podcast <laughs> platforms <laughs> to listen. And please turn it, tune into Tough Talk, which is my live IG show that I have um, probably two or three times a week. It kind of depends on when my guests are available, but it's usually around in the evening time, Pacific. So we'd love to see you there. Thank you guys yes. so much. All right. You guys heard it there. And up next, we will dive right on into Post Homac. And until then, head on over to the Patreon and let me know your thoughts about this season. All right, guys. As promised, I have Kara. Kaya? Kaya? Kaya. <laughs> Kaya? Don't do me. Yes, it's it's either Kaya or Kaya. It doesn't matter. No, it does absolutely matter. I, go, I literally go by both. That's what Amanda really? said yesterday. Yeah, yeah, Amanda said yesterday. She's like, I feel no. so bad. I've been pronouncing your name wrong. I'm like, no, it's not because I either say Kaya or Kaya. And if no, you go back on my that's podcast, not flexible. Yeah, like if you go back on my podcast, you'll hear me say, oh, it's Kaya, and mm. sometimes I'll say it's Kaya. So it doesn't matter. That is wonderful because I my best friend's name is Maya, and she is. So so particular about that. If you call her Maya, she's like, that's not a name. And I'm like, it's not it's a not. name. But she's like, no, but it's not mine. So it's very specific to the person. But look at you being flexible. I just want to make sure I didn't get it wrong. I'm like, I know I heard her say Kaya once, but <laughs> my memory is telling me Kaya from like reading, like hooked on other body. people, yeah, on other podcasts. Like I've had people, um, I know Taria, she says Kaya. And Amanda, wow. says, yeah, Amanda says either Kaya or Kaya, but whatever people want to call me, I'll like interest. I'm interested in like as long as you're calling uh, me. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, guys, as promised, I have Kaya, Kaya, and Aaron on the pod today from the Bravo Wild Black podcast. Yes. They are just two black people who love reality TV, as their podcast description does say. And right. I am just one black person who loves the both of them. So thank y'all for coming on. Too. 
I'm, it's just so great to be on your podcast because you are you and mainly Bravo. Like I say on literally every podcast that we've guested so far, or every interview that we've done, it's you mixing with Mani and mainly Bravo, which is Raven. Like inspired me to like just go for it because you know, like you guys are the only like black women that I see talk about you know all the shows. So thank you so much. That yeah. means a bunch because I was always like. Where is my people? How do I listen to me on the podcast? And I was like, well, I don't. I guess I got to go start one. So yes. I love that. I love that the community is growing. Um, I really love the fact that, you know, you mentioned that I talk about all of them because I, I watch all of them. I like to tell people just because it wasn't made for us doesn't mean that we not there watching y'all. Like, that's the whole exactly. point. Tell me a little bit about y'all's housewives journey. What is your relationship to each other? How did that correlate into Housewives? And where did Bravo Wild Black come from? Well, we're, we're good friends. We've been friends since high school. So <laughs> we watched TV together. We watched movies together. And, you know, of course, I think it was Housewives of Atlanta yeah. that really started us off with it. And then, you know, from there we got into, she, she actually introduced me to Housewives of Potomac and um, Vanderpump Rules as well when it came out. So, you know, we were talking about that and we, did, we decided why not make a podcast about it because it's like we, we could do something and promote it and get more people to watch and actually talk about it and find people like us to talk about it with. You know. Yeah, and it's definitely like um, it stems from like I followed like the T pages, like they they would cover Potomac and Atlanta, right, right. But then you know there would be pages that cover just like the white shows. So then we're like, well, we watch both of them. So we just wanted to create a space for people who watch like all the shows, but we want to have it from a black perspective because as you know, black commentary is the funniest commentary and we pick up things <laughs> and, and we notice things that other people don't. And, you know, we found a lot of people messaging us like, oh my gosh, I, like, I'm the only black person that at my job that watches Bravo or, you know, in my family that watches more than just Atlanta and Potomac and Married to Medicine. And I'm like, well, yeah, like we also wanted to, not just talk about all of the shows that we watch, but we wanted to highlight the Black ex excellence that we do have um, uh -huh. on the network instead of, you know, just talking about it. But it's like, you know, Bravo could definitely make some changes, but we wanted to talk about the people that they have brought us that are, like, amazing. Like, I've never seen affluent Black women on a network as big as, you know, Bravo. So right. that is just something that is unique to Bravo. While, you know, they can make some changes with diversity and inclusion and stuff like that. But they are the pioneers of like, I've never seen black doctors like that. And it, they don't just uh -huh. show them being doctors. They show their real lives, their relationships, their friendships. And then just like black women traveling also. Like, it's just such a, a good thing to see. So we I completely talk about it. Agree. I love that. I really do. I, I so it's interesting because I think it's also so important to show so many different kinds of the black experience from so many different angles, but also what we do have in common and how we do have a culture. There is a such thing as black culture, though, you know, we say that like other people are, you know, stealing culture and things like that. Um, but there really is one. And it's something that I, 
I admire that they do, especially on Married to Medicine, because those married Black women of the Southern, like, you know, origin are so, like, most of our parents, our grandparents, and people will watch and go, why doesn't she leave him? Or why does that, like, because people don't recognize that those type of things, those conversations of, like, divorce, separation, they just don't typically happen in a Black household, even if it is toxic. There are parts of our culture, I'm sure we would all like to change, but at the same time, that a large part of our experience does play out on that screen, and what they all have in common is that, you know, usually, especially for, if you're from the South, you will put Jesus first, like Dr. Heavenly. You will just <laughs> pray it out, like Monique, right. you will consult your pastor before yeah. a doctor. That is what we grew up and it's not just the choice it was mainly you know we couldn't always get doctors back in the day you know we didn't have the insurance we didn't have the good job so we had a jesus and a prayer so yeah, we would so just important. rely on that prayer and rely on jesus and yeah. between that it's like the fact of the matter is we have a culture and that needs to sometimes be amplified and say like hey there is something uh, called, you know, African cultures, which is why I prefer to be called black. Like I'm a black American because yeah. there are African Americans. I have plenty of friends who are African dash American. Their parents are African. They were born in America or they are, you know, they're citizens now or they identify as that. But me, I have a culture that is, as far as I know, not necessarily rooted in any specific specific African culture yet that I, I haven't done my DNA test and I will not be giving the government my extra DNA <laughs> just in case I don't need them to know it but just it's I've always loved that they at least give us that much they give us you know a nini and those iconic side eyes that every little black kid got in church from my mama because if you embarrass them if you was falling asleep or something yeah. it was that you're gonna get something when we get home so you better get it together now because if an usher has to tap you or tap me because you're acting out please know something will transpire later so i do have a question also for y'all because i just heard you guys' episode with Taria from What Else Is Going On podcast, love whom it. I love and adore. She's amazing. Our cousin, um. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, and also, fun surprise, KB, the arguable, arguable understated hero of the yes. Potomac episode, where the women met with Monique and Giselle felt she needed a bodyguard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, y'all had that bodyguard on that episode, he please is a star. tell listen. the people what they need to go run and listen to. Okay, yes. Okay, I just want to tell you how we even got KB <laughs> on the podcast. How it did you find so, this, Jim? It was so freaking random. Like, okay, you. I think that you saw the meme. Like, it was all over Twitter. And then Bravo by Bob made his own, and he was like, we were, we were robbed of a KB confessional. So I saw that because I was thinking the same thing. Like everyone wanted to know ever since like we saw KB get out of Giselle's little ass car. <laughs> yes. Everyone wanted to know like what the KB thing. So Bravo by Bob was like, we were robbed of a KB confessional. So I commented jokingly, but dead seriously, KB, if you see this, you are invited. 
to the Bravo Wild Black podcast to talk about it. And I like I didn't even think anything of it. Like Bob commented back, yes. And then KB literally, like I say, it was like two, three days later, he inboxed us and he's like, yo, it's KB. And I'm like, what are, what, what are we talking about? KB who? So oh I my God. <laughs> Come on, outreach. Yes, I go to his page and I'm like, this is the KB, KB, the stallion. Like, <laughs> he was like, um, you know, I would love to be on the podcast. And he's like, uh, I'll give you my number. You give me a call and we can set something up. And it just so happened that the next day we were doing, um, we were having Saria on as our first guest. And then we were guesting on It's All Happening, Amanda's podcast. So I'm like, if we can get him just to hop on Zoom for like even like 10 minutes, just to ask a few questions, yeah. it would be amazing. And he was like all for it. Like he was a star. So we, so we set it up like after we finished um like his his slot was at 7 p.m so we were like if you can go if you can come on at 7 p.m we would love to have you and i sent him all the the questions that we wanted to know i had people submit uh, questions on our instagram oh my and gosh it's like i don't know like i think you obviously know this but a lot of people thought when we first made the page that we were going to be, because it's named Bravo Wild Black, that we were going to kind of like be a canceling kind of page. Like, oh, like this is canceled, that is canceled, Bravo's canceled. Like, no, like we actually just want to give our Black perspective on everything. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to let him know that we're not messy. We weren't trying to like start anything and none of the questions were messy. So he was like, okay, yeah, you know, like I didn't want to do like a gossip kind of thing. That I just wanted to you know, let you know since I saw your comment. So we set that up. He came on, he answered all the questions and then we learned a little bit about him. Like he was a security guard for Drake and like all what? this good stuff. Yeah. All this we, good we stuff. knew he was protective. We, he was able to protect the girls. Mm -hmm. I just was, I had questions. Like, were <laughs> you an hourly employee? Cause Giselle <laughs> sprung out of there like a bat out of hell. Yes. And I was like, well, because KB was like, you got 60 minutes, girl. Make it count. Like, was the car packed? Did he feel confined? Because I feel like Giselle's confined in her little ass car. Yeah, because Giselle's like 5'10". She's tall. So I'm like, I don't that's even a, That's feel... a small car for a big lady. <laughs> and then KB, who's also like taller and bigger than Giselle. <laughs> and then we see him getting out of it. It kind of looked like a clown car. But he, he said that, you know, um, he's very team Giselle. I don't know if you heard the podcast. For those of you who didn't hear the podcast, download it. But he's and You're going to go do it right now? So. Yes, y'all are. <laughs> That's insane. Because okay. she's not even in the fight. But <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no one's attacked her. That's the whole point. Uh, like, oh. we're, we're blessed to have him. Right. But... And she didn't need him. No one's coming oh, after no. you, girl. Literally, I mean, if it took it Monique a full year to drag Candace because after she threatened it, I think Giselle's fine. She got time. <laughs> I kind of think that maybe Giselle brought security because she knows that she's the one who was starting the most shit. Like, she knows that Monique, Monique maybe should have snapped on Giselle instead of Candace because Giselle is the one that was having the messy meetings spreading the rumors and that's why everyone is so confused by it but monique brought up the fact that you know 
I was trying not to talk about this on camera. So that's why I hung out with Giselle because, you know, I'm trying to avoid the subject altogether. But then when mm-hmm. Candace brought um, Sharice to her party or whatever, that's when Monique was like, okay, so it's coming up now. Yeah, I get that. I understand it. I even understand the idea that Candace is could be trying to, you know, finagle a rumor and have a, a new storyline happening on the show. The only problem I have with that is Candace is also just a moocher. And I would fully expect her to just want to get closer to a rich woman who was part of the pilot episode, the pilot season, and is a name like in that in, in Potomac, which Candace doesn't even live. She that's her only connection to that space. And if she ever plans on living in Potomac, which I guess she does because she house hunted there now twice. And I just still don't think she can afford it. But that's still a culture and in a, in a neighborhood that she would have to assimilate into and network into. And it's hard. It's They don't care if yeah. you can afford it. It's very old money there. So I'm like, I just could also see Candace being like, I don't have any ties to stay on this show anymore. I need to tie myself to the, the biggest possible name, which sadly is also what Monique did. That's what Sharice's whole issue with Monique is now is that's what she did. She got herself in good with Sharice so that she could get on the show, stay on the show, things like that. Because though Karen co- proclaims to be the grand dom, it really she is Sharice. She's Potomac too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like and Sharice is really there. Like kids go to school with like the elite and it has the Monet, okay? She has the Moolala. And I mean, to be honest, that's what I would do. <laughs> To be on the yeah. show, to stay on the show, I get in where I fit in, yep. and I can see Candace doing it. Cause I've always thought Candace has the most to lose here. If Monique got fired and decided to leave this show, she's still got a man, a check, and some babies. In Candace the fish tank. Hello, and <laughs> the fish tank, and a, a potty trained bird. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I just think that, like from the jump, as soon as Monique said that I have four houses, Giselle was instantly like, "Yeah, I don't like this girl." I mean, I can understand that. I don't like that, but I can understand that. But Giselle asked the question. Don't ask the question you don't want an answer to. She said you don't have a home. She was slick. Yeah, she thought she was slick, and it's like um, that's being shady. Backfired. It backfired. (laughs) She was like, "Oh, I have homes." Just like the whole, um, you know, I'm trying to protect Jamal's image thing. That backfired. Like, I'm sorry. For whom? Not brought it up. From yeah. at all himself, <laughs> the internet has been wild with that. We we can yeah we we'll, we'll definitely be getting into that <laughs> um, a little later, probably for the hot topic section of the Patreon. But I do have some. Let's get to know you guys' questions oh my because God, I'm excited. I'm so excited. I want the people to know what they're getting into when they're gonna obviously and inevitably fall in love with y'all and be like, I. I think I need to subscribe immediately and give them all my time and attention. And even if they don't, like, I've always, I I can't believe we're on Mixing with Monty right now. Yeah, but they will. So it's amazing. And thank you so much for having us. Like, again, of course. But like, I love my listeners because they really truly are 
epically amazing people and we are on one accord so i know that they will because we i've i was like guys i don't think i want to watch oc and they were like don't and i was like thank you and i was like bless you know Absolutely. i hear horror stories about other podcasters you know reviewers and listeners being so mean to them and being like oh, you know you work for me i'm like huh no yeah, that's no. not it mm, so what is y'all's favorite cocktail both of y'all me personally i'll answer first because i know for a fact <laughs> i will drink anything I, because my whole thing is like i'm not trying to drink for taste because personally all alcohol tastes disgusting for me my goal mm. is to just get there so if you just want to pour me henny straight yeah <laughs> henny straight Love that. if i had to pick a drink i guess it would be um something basic like a lemon drop but i'd rather not i'd rather just get straight to the point and I'd say the same thing. I'm not really a cocktail kind of person. I mean, okay. it, if it's prepared for me, I'll drink it because I drink, like Kaya said, anything. <laughs> but like Hennessy, Hennessy shots are more of my thing, like straight up. Very black. Can I tell y'all something? Yes. I don't know if it's going to get my black car revoked, but um, brown does not work on me whatsoever. I, you know what? Not a single kind. Not, not a Henny. In college, I had a friend who, you want some Hennessy? Gave me the bottle. I promise you, I drank about a fourth of it and felt nothing. And in Miami once, we were all pre-corona passing around a bottle of Juice, <laughs> and I was like, "This, what does this do?" And we finished the bottle amongst and, four people, and I definitely say? took the most shots. And everyone else was on their ass. <laughs> I went to the Dominican <laughs> spot next door, got two pina coladas, and still was the only person who could walk with everybody mm -hmm. home. Okay, maybe it's not brown liquor. Maybe you just have a good tolerance. I think mm -hmm. my tolerance was also, it's just really high. This was also before I knew I had anything wrong with my thyroids. My metabolism was just like not metabolizing it. But brown still now doesn't really do it for me. But now mm -hmm. at least a regular alcohol does. So I totally will drink <laughs> right. anything, literally. And at I never let anybody you know. drink alone, you know? That's, you know. that's public service. <laughs> <laughs> what I would like, though, like if we had to choose cocktails, I would like the Toms to make it for us. From Oh, very good point. Because Tom be putting some energy. He'd be like, I'm going to... Yeah infuse some Scorpion. lavender into yeah. the air <laughs> and let it spread like let it rain exactly. into the drink he's That's like what I need. i'm gonna set a bay leaf on fire and then <laughs> exactly. i'm just gonna like put it around the rim i'm like okay sir it's like we we spent a hundred thousand dollars on a machine <laughs> that freezes frozen margaritas and like, i'm just like okay what? Girl, like Honey, whatever we're just all trying like. to get drunk everybody right. in west hollywood coming to your place just trying to get drunk and get a picture that's it you don't need to infuse no 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 clouds of Literally. with basil he's, he's trying to make it extravagant shit <laughs> yeah so he can charge 27 dollars for it that's what i i mean i get it yeah. but no like all right so both of y'all's favorite housewife of all time oh it's okay aaron can go first i already know what? who he's about to say because, oh my okay so aaron's gonna say phaedra go ahead i'm gonna say okay. phaedra and i feel like it's it's very fair you know we're gonna ignore what happened between her and candy we Aside from that, we're, okay. we're gonna ignore it. Okay. I mean, we don't ha even have to ignore it to acknowledge all yeah. that she's given us before, because I truly believe she's a major component to uh, to Portia's inevitable arc to greatness. And Their I freaking feel, frack era yes. was some of Legendary. the best television I've ever seen. Yes. 
And I feel like every, every so far, every podcast that we're, we've guested on, we brought up Phaedra at least one time. Well, so you I find can... a way to Phaedra. And <laughs> no, listen, listen. Make sure to hang hang out and um, listen to him bring up Lisa Ray in this conversation somehow, because he's gonna find a way to work in Stop. Lisa Ray. I wasn't gonna do it this time. That's okay. hilarious. I wasn't gonna do it, but I, I definitely say Phaedra. I mean, between the reunion reads the pregnancy dates like everything yeah when she told kenya that her baby's father was gonna have to you know he needed 15 dollars to get a large pizza i was like oh no it was the way that that. she turned around and checked and put her shoulder and her arm out that little that's that that good old-fashioned church lady silence (laughs) you can hear and no one said anything after because we never heard a thing like it (laughs) nothing ever even on atlanta which is where the the top of the line reads are you know produced Mm -hmm. kaya your favorite housewife i'm gonna say mine is definitely rotating sometimes i'm like nini because she built everything but i'm gonna say as of right now portia is definitely my favorite housewife especially after this whole scandal thing is going around about um cynthia's like bachelorette party i'm like good for had her, her peaches cobbled by a long <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> best headline of, right. and somebody deserves the Nobel Peace Prize in journalism for that for one. For that. And then, I, you know, obviously all the things that she's doing, she's living in her legacy. Like, we have to remember mm-hmm. that although Portia had, like, yes, we, she had the Underground Railroad moment. Like, let's let that go. <laughs> like, so this hungry. girl is getting arrested. She's going back and forth to Kentucky. She's continuing to demand justice. She's you know, leading talks, you know, at Bravo, but then also she knows how to freaking turn up. So yeah, absolutely. Definitely my favorite right now. And she's grown. And especially now that I feel like her and the hot dog man are done, honey. Glory. I cannot wait to see where Portia goes this season and what she does after the hot dog man. Also, I think people like to bring up Porsche's Underground Railroad moment, especially people who are not Black, like to bring that up the most because they're like, well, at least I knew that much. And it's like, yeah, but do you know anything else? She is, (laughs) though she should know that, sure. But you're placing that responsibility on her because of who her grandfather was. She was Mm -hmm. at the marches, were you? Like, exactly. she still knows what it means to be a Black woman in America and in the South. She's living that experience. So she still knows what racism is. She just may not know the root of all the history and that's that's easy to google it's not easy to learn her experience though exactly and she even like on the race in america special or one of the watch what happens live specials the very first one she's like i remember as early as like age seven or something going on marches and getting things thrown at her like she is hosea williams's granddaughter and like as soon as this has been reawakened because I like to call it a reawakening. Like it's it's been around for a while, but now is a new era and like we're not letting it go. Like she is putting her career on the line too because you know that she made coins as a housewife. It's a great pl- yeah. platform to have, but you know, there are some people who are just not willing to speak out so openly and to continue to go to these marches and protests and get arrested mm-hmm. and be taken away, you know, possibly from her daughter to fight this fight. So Portia is yeah. 
Top and one. she's trying to make a better world for her daughter. And I even mm -hmm. commend Dennis because they together have been putting so much money where their mouths are. And like mm -hmm. they were trying to, her and Dennis were getting people out of jail, uh, protesters out of jail at one point. They were, you know, spending coin to try to really create the change that they needed. And that's interesting that he's able to even do that during a pandemic as a restaurant chair and as a business owner who doesn't necessarily have the customers and stuff that he would probably want to have. And he's still making that sacrifice. And I really, I think at the very least, she chose a decent person to have a baby with. Maybe mm -hmm. not be with forever, but he seems to love his daughter and want to create change for his daughter in the world. And I really appreciate them doing it. That's why she's out there protesting. She said, y'all not going to have my baby mm -hmm. up here growing up in the streets and things are going to could possibly happen for her. And I got to make sure she comes home every day. And I got to have conversations with her. And, hey, you may or may not come home. You better make sure you're X, Y, and Z. She's tired of it. And I get it. Exactly. And it's like her grandfather was in the original civil rights like movement. And it's like, we're still marching for this shit. Still. It's yeah. And she's like, like no, ridiculous. not on my granddaddy's watch. And then also it's like, uh, it affects filming too, because every time like she had to go out, she had to quarantine for a certain amount of time before, you know, they got tested on the regular. Like when they were first starting, um, the pandemic was still going very strong. So she had to sit a few things out because she got arrested and then she has to quarantine. So it's like, she's sacrificing a lot because she's really about it. She's not just talking about it, she's being about it. So Portia yeah. for sure. Absolutely love that. Okay, favorite franchise or season? Ooh. Like, you know how there's just a season that be in the brain. Yeah, and you're just like, this is season. the greatest would... thing I've ever watched. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would definitely say Atlanta. I think it was what, um, the season where Kenya and Apollo had that inappropriate oh. That, that was, was a good season, season for me. That was like season what, like seven? I think yes, it was. I think seven. Yeah, season seven of Atlanta was my favorite season because it's just so much scandal. Like, is is okay. it when they were just going head and head? Phaedra and Kenya were going head head and head, and Apollo was doing stuff he had no business doing. Yeah. So it it made for good TV for me. Like, even though it was scandalous, I was like, wow, this is the best. Okay, but yeah. that's television. We love Housewives for a scandal. Mm -hmm. I'd say mine was was probably Housewives of Atlanta season one. The like, classic. Okay, season three is mine, so I get it. Those early eras of yes. of Housewives of Atlanta because they are some of the funniest television I've ever seen. I mean, it's a toss up for me between two and three because two is when we get Housewives, um, a fashion show with no fashions. How tragic, <laughs> and that is a lot that keeps on giving to me it just keeps giving it to me and the only reason that three um supersedes it and is because phaedra is introduced to us and it's the wildest thing i've ever seen because that's when she don't know when her baby come in that's when and she's just you know, the southern she's a southern woman mm. she's wearing rhinestones on her eyelashes she's wearing red sheer robes She's cooking salmon for her man on a Saturday morning uh, for brunch with like waffles and bacon. And she goes, mm, you can really tell this farmer's market bacon is just so much better than regular and bacon it's you so get from true. the store. And she, it is true. And she's saying it and you just hear NeNe overlay and go, Apollo is a criminal. Apollo has done crime. 
I guess Phaedra may have met him as a because she's a lawyer and he's a criminal. Maybe they were, and I was like, "What in the shade is happening right now?" Like it's just, unlike anything I've ever seen, and it's it's Atlanta by far is like it does numbers around other girls. It runs circles. It really sets the tone too. And I just saw that meme that gets re brought up every few years about Phaedra, even though she's not even on the show anymore. <laughs> Everyone keeps sharing that meme again when Bobby Brown was like, every time I had Phaedra on the case, I lost the case. <laughs> <laughs> Phaedra was That's good, fine. okay? No. <laughs> At something else, sure. But not the law. Okay, since y'all are a duo, who is your favorite friendship or housewife duo ever? It doesn't just have to be a duo, just a friendship, a, a one-two step, anything. Mm. It was, um, for me personally, it's Nene and Kim. The way that they go <gasps> back and mine. forth. That's one Yes. The way that they go back and forth. It's Nene and Kim. And then when um, Portia and Phaedra was freaking fracked, especially that scene where I think they were like trying on clothes or something. It was just like a fun, like you can feel the energy for, from them and the friendship. And that's why mm -hmm. it was so sad when everything went down. Okay. I'd say for me, Nini and Sheree. <laughs> and the, really? the wig shifting, like the wig shifting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's what it was for me. Okay, I like it. I would definitely have to say, I, I Kim and what? Nini. <laughs> are up there for me as well. I really mm -hmm. enjoy them as a duo. And then Sonia and Ramona are my runner up. And that's only because Ramona's only tolerable with Sonia. And right. I think it's because Sonia's energy is just so freaking infectious. Yeah. That like they make them so when they go finding rooms together on vacations, it's hilarious. They're like, okay, this is our room. No, this is our room. Okay. This and is their New York accents it. Like, yes. make it so freaking funny. And Ramona mispronouncing every word in the English language. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Favorite housewife villain? Kenya. <laughs> Kenya Moore. Everyone, like, I know that she goes too far. But she makes damn good TV. I don't care what anyone says. Kenya okay. is the villain to like want to be friends with, but then also like not want to be friends with you. But you want to have her on your side because just like last season, like you go and you throw a little fun shade and she brings out the cookie lady. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, you're trying to hurt my business. Well, Kirk, you just tried to break up an entire like decade long relationship. <laughs> so it's not the same Right. Because At no all. one's gonna like review your business poorly because they're like, oh, she doesn't have her own hair. Like what? Especially when she had a lunch where it was water in the bottles. I don't think it could get and worse. She's than like, that. maybe I went a little bit too far. Like maybe. Uh, yeah. Okay, Aaron, your favorite um villain. Uh can we count Ramona as a villain? Absolutely. It can be whoever Okay, you yeah. So I'd say Ramona. Any argument like, you can make for a villain, that's, just, that's the villain. I'd say Ramona. It was Kenya, but I'm kind of tired of Kenya. Yeah, he's, he's a Kenya. But, uh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would say the only problem is you need to, in order to be a good villain that people love, you need to be necessary for the show and people can't want to get rid of you or your franchise altogether. Because Beverly mm -hmm. Hills got a couple of villains, but I don't need any of them. None of them give it enough to me. So, Do you, Did you need Teddy? No. <laughs> 
Anyone I don't think I don't think Teddy needs Teddy. That's a non-essential worker right there. Did anyone? Not a non-essential worker. Yeah. Non-essential. Not during this pandemic. I, I loved it. It was like, it was like, okay, we lost Denise Richards, which personally me, like I was a Denise Richards stan. Everyone keeps saying she was lying. She was lying, blah, blah, blah. I could I even see her as a villain. Care. That's a good villain. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually she could be argued. As she a could villain. work. Yeah. And I yeah. would love her that way too. Because, you know, the ladies, I think Lisa Renna would definitely call her a villain because it's like social media definitely came after Lisa Renna, Kyle Richards, Teddy, and Erica for like beating the hammer in because it's just like Denise gave them nothing. And like when she quit, they were so happy. But then Bravo was like, yeah, well, Denise is leaving. But guess what, Kyle? Your little BFF is also leaving. So I'm like, check Yeah, let the mouse go. How about that next mm-hmm. time? Mm-hmm. All right. What is a city that never was for y'all housewives that you wish was? I want them to bring back Miami, but I want them to do it with a few different cast members. Like I okay. want them to bring back Miami and I want them to bring back Larsa. And I want to know, oh, no, I want Larsa's them to bring up that Kardashian money now, honey. <laughs> she's, been, she's been kicked out of the group. Okay. She's been yeah. kicked out of the group for doing some some things that I heard. So I want to sleep about, with future allegedly. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I want them to talk about on Real Housewives of Miami. But what she Good got point. out was I heard that she was hooking up with Tristan, but you don't hear that from me. Anyway, yeah, that's so interesting. I would like to see it. I would like to see it. Yeah, I'd say <laughs> I'd say Miami as well as well. We have the, the same answers for that. <laughs> maybe maybe Dade County. Okay. Oh my what about like a West Palm yeah. Beach? That was once a rumor that that was going to happen. Was a West Palm no, Beach? No, mm, we live in South Florida, yeah. and I can confirm that I don't want to see West Palm Beach. No okay. offense. I love it. I love the area. It's a beautiful yeah. area. But I, I think they wanted area, to but... follow the fact that like Tinsley's family like stays there. Mm, there, there's no. money there, and the fact that all the New York ladies and all these upper echelon yeah. Manhattan women who are elders to right. the other housewives do party there and apparently getting a lot of a lot of shit there ramona is on boats of ex you know fiancés and ex-husbands of friends and um luann's getting arrested things of that nature and that's (laughs) a lot um yeah follow the cookie trail but i guess that they said not there so somewhere else and i agree i think that they should just not be (laughs) in the west palm beach i don't i still want chicago i feel like you can make that work i don't understand why they know go we keep trying and we keep casting get a different casting company make it work chicago i I think that everyone wants Chicago to be based around Tinsley, but uh, I want Tinsley. But I wanted it before Tinsley. Like, yeah, I don't care if she's on it or not. Yeah, I would. I don't want to see Tinsley on it. Like, I liked her on New York, but I don't miss her at all. So I don't think that it should be centered around Tinsley. I think that we should find a multiple affluent you know, people both black, white, Hispanic, LGBT, and like there's shit shaking in Chicago. So I think that that should definitely be a city that they- It's a fabulous Midwestern city. I think that, it, and if they did need to have Tinsley on it, I can see, I, can, I can't see how they choose to not go with Chicago after Tinsley moved there. That makes no sense to me. I mean, even mm. if she's not gonna be great on it, it seems like a missed opportunity. If you keep trying to get Chicago and you just lost a New York housewife that you wanted to stay on the show, this seems like an opportunity. She's gonna need friends. 
watch her try to make friends. And Tinsley is such a career odd one out. Like she's such a career like left out girl that I would love to see the new Chicago girls be like, we don't give two fucks that you're from New York or <laughs> any of that. No, honey. We don't I like care. Tinsley's mom. Like the only way that I would want oh, to see Dale. Tinsley on it is if they bring her Dale. mom on it. What and a then... fabulous case of delusion. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite. All right, last question. Are you guys watching OC? Why or why not? No, I don't no. know her. We've never heard of it. Um, Who's that? Yeah. Okay. We... Um, anyways, um, <laughs> we don't know what it is. It. Oh, but no. can we talk about what we are watching instead, if you'd like to hear that? Sure. Yeah, let's hear we're that. We're revisiting, and we're trying to bring back Southern Charm Nolens. Okay, honey? So if you guys want to join us, we got a great response. Instead of watching um, Redacted, we actually watched season one, episode one of Southern Charm, New Orleans. Some people watched it for the first time. Some people are just re-watching it. Um, there was rumor that it was like canceled like last year, but there was no official announcement or anything from Bravo. And for a fun fact, like Tamika Barry and John Moody from Southern Charm, New Orleans, are going to be on the voting race in America special that airs on November 1st at 10. So I feel like we have a possibility of Southern Charm New Orleans coming back and I would like to see it return because they have a diverse cast. They have, you know, black, white. I heard that Reagan's actually of Cuban descent. They have LGBTQ. They had the hard conversations before you know, the Black Lives Matter reawakening came and it's just a good show all around. So, you know, join us until Salt Lake City premieres on 11-11. We'll be watching Southern Charm New Orleans every Wednesday at nine. And you can comment on my post. I'll be posting about it in my story every Wednesday and we're gonna have a good old time. I love that. I will say, so I, what has, I've heard is that the only reason that people thought it was canceled was because they hadn't even announced if they were gonna be bringing back Shaws of Sunset yet. Um, yeah. But the problem was everyone who was at BravoCon, people were able to assume they were definitely coming. They had a sure date that they were coming back out because they hadn't announced Shaws of Sunset before they came to BravoCon, but because they were at BravoCon, it meant they were current. So mm -hmm. they were going to be happening. Then there was a lot of talk that Southern Charm NOLA, they were filming and then the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. So there was some filming, people saw some sites of um, pictures were coming up of like certain people from the cast with camera crews and stuff. It wasn't confirmed that it was for Southern Charm, but people assumed that. And yeah. then the pandemic happened and w now what? Like we don't, we don't know <laughs> because mm -hmm. currently they can only film in states that are like, you know, super cool with it. And that's pretty much Georgia. <laughs> and, and um, Florida, honey, like ooh, yeah, Florida, Florida too, just... but Orange County ish. And the only reason Salt Lake is still coming out is because they had already filmed it, scrapped a long stuff, time ago. Yeah, a minute mm -hmm. ago. So they were doing that. Um, Wikipedia still thinks that Southern Charm season three is coming. Yeah. So we're gonna hope for the best, but it does say it's gonna air in 2020, and we are running out of time. So no, it's not gonna uh, air in 2020, yeah, I but think I think that it's coming back. I'm speaking it into existence, and that's why we're watching it. And also, um, I saw Reagan, who you know, Reagan, she was hanging out with Benny Poppins, the chef from Southern Charm, New Orleans, and she was saying that it was for a book, 
But then she also put a winky face on it. And I'm like, girl, no, now y'all playing with me. I know y'all have to be coming back. Something should be. Yeah, like I said, they said that it was going to come back and they were filming. I think the problem was Mm -hmm. when everything went down with the pandemic, you know, ties were cut and monies were. But it would be remiss of them not to bring this show back because this is this is what we're asking for. And it's like, so tasteful. Yeah, yeah but yeah. when has Bravo ever cared what we thought? <laughs> well, they, if they they're trying to fake like they do now, but they are trying to fake it. But OC is still here, and that's why yeah. we're not watching it. And guess what? They got the lowest ratings <laughs> that they have in a while. So that was bloopity bloop. We will be talking about that a little later, too, because as I have announced to the people, I will be going into deep dives about raids, because I think right now where we put our views really matter overall. Um, And I'll be going into deep dives about ratings and hot topics, something like that, on um, the pates. But I really think they should bring it back that's a cast that is absolutely gorgeous to look at so much fun my very first legal drink that i ever had when i turned 21 was a french 75 in new orleans um and it was prior yeah in new orleans is the first i went to new orleans for my 21st birthday i was there the day before through two days after i was drunk the entire time because we don't (laughs) take care of you like that every time you tell someone it's your birthday you tell me you're 21 they're like oh here's a shot like this is for you and i i absolutely love this city it's one of the most gorgeous places i've ever been in my entire life and i bawled it fell to my knees when I first heard Tamika order a French 75 at 11 a.m. I said, oh, my God, that's a my woman. drink. It's been my favorite drink ever since. It's absolutely delicious. So, I want to try it so bad because of Tamika. And now you said so it. Good. And someone commented that on um, the post that I did for the rewatch. They were like, oh, I got a French 75 and now I'm addicted to it because of It's Tamika. addicting. It is gin or vodka um so it's gin or vodka with um lemon like a little bit of lemon but more like a a, the rind of a lemon more than lemon juice Mm -hmm. simple syrup shaken and like over ice poured into a glass and then the rest of the glass is filled with champagne and they give like a lemon swirl on it and i like it yeah it's closely (laughs) related to (laughs) if y'all watch insecure this past season when Mm -hmm. um uh, Issa was having her little date with Lauren. She talked about, or she ordered a shot of vodka with, with Prosecco. And that's like <laughs> literally a poor man's from 75. <laughs> I'm definitely going to try it now. You know how I said I'm not a cocktail girl, but. Oh, it's great. And it'll get the job <laughs> done, honey, good. because think about how mimosas secretly really take you out at brunch. That because champagne be working. That's why we do the drinking to fill yeah. that shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's very, very good. I highly suggest it. Friends 75 all the way. Please bring back some of the Charm Nola. Bravo. Just listen to us. We will never steal you wrong. Because if you listen mm-hmm. to us, we're going to watch it. Exactly. And then also just look at my freaking posts. Like, this is a show that hasn't been on since last year. I kid you not. I got like 900 likes. So we were doing a live rewatch or whatever. And we got over 200 comments. My DMs were flooded. Like, I love this show. When is it coming back? Bring it back. So just listen to us, especially listen to Monty. Like, come on now. I mean, couldn't have said it better myself, truly. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we are going to now dive into this episode of Potomac. It was, some people are calling it a filler episode. I still say for a filler, it gave us more than an entire season of some of them hoes, but it's fine. <laughs> um, 
it was really fun, but I saw, I did see a lot of, it was like a lot, a lot of setup, not necessarily a filler, but a lot of setup. I see a lot of things that are going to set us up for some epic fights later, um, some a great reunion content. I am looking at you, Miss Karen Huger, who was, you know, telling Ashley that she told Candace to call the cops, but hasn't told Monique yet. I said, well, this won't be fun. Um, but it'll be fun for us, so that's fine. Definitely um, be fun for us. But starting from the top, we go to Surrey, Virginia with Miss Karen Huger, and she brings Giselle and Ashley. And I was very shocked she brought Giselle. I was like, okay, so is there hope for this friendship? Because I would love for, them to, for it to be, because I think they're hilarious separate and together. Yeah. They're so lovable that uh, as individuals, they're some of the greatest housewife makers of all time. Because there's a level of delusion there, but they're shady as hell, and they're very, very beautiful and funny. And I loved it. And we go to a town that has, uh, according to Wikipedia, like 277 people. But what I find amazing is not that they were able to throw a parade really just for Karen. Um, so that she can make it look like she really has done something with herself by just moving to another city about two hours away. Um, it's more so that they bought a, her family bought the plantation that their ancestors were slaves on and they have made it their own moneymaker. And I, that is not the epitome of black resilience. I don't know what is like that is instead of just allowing those demons to remain like against the family like no honey we're going to do something with this we're going to make it work for us and it worked i mean look at them they're making the moolah they're making they are sending their corn all over the world honey they have international goods and services yeah. and i thought that was such a beautiful sight to see and i'm happy that she showed us a long lineage of hard workers and beautiful um, people who really love and support each other, and they are really a tight knit family. But they are a working family, honey. They have a empire of things. I love. Yes, I love to see that. Like it's like talk about generational wealth, but just like mm-hmm. we are definitely our ancestors' wildest dreams, and like Karen's family took that to another level. And I think that was like the opposite of how Southern Charm did that, the original Southern Charm did that. Like when Catherine um, went and she was like, oh, this is the plantation that my family used to live on. And these are like, this is a slave cemetery. And like, that was just that. And I was like, "Um, okay. But then Karen was like, this is where we used to be slaves. And this is what we did with it. It was just such a great thing to see. And just like a reminder, especially in this time that we've come so far and although we have a like a long way to go but we're just I don't know there's so much hope yeah Mm -hmm. there's so much hope it gave me hope yeah I completely agree and then of course we got Ashley going up in her pink heels my thing though Ashley was why did you not know where we were going like it's not just the fact that you were wearing your heels to get onto the the corn um machinery <laughs> it's that honey we're going to a farm period it's nothing but grass you're gonna Actually, sink into Darby it was feeling herself okay she I, just was, I was living baby. for it yeah i mean it's, it's a great her girl's time you know and then just came cute. in and she like called her out and then she was like doing the current anytime that ashley imitates kern i'm like i live for those moments mm-hmm. 
absolutely adorable. The shoes, I mean, not her <laughs> outfit overall. I was just like, these are cute shoes, but not for this. But then we get them having a nice little conversation with each other. And that's when Cameron reveals to us because Monique calls Ashley and Giselle just must walk away because I'm like, girl, she can't stop her now. What are you going to do? Like, what are you say? Like, what are you even saying? Like, she made it such a dramatic, like, situation. She didn't exit. She didn't go home. She just went to like three paces to the left and was like, <laughs> "I'm just over here while y'all talk to her because I can't be a part." You could also just not say anything. It's not like Monique knew you were there Literally. and felt the need to be like, "Well, is Giselle gonna talk to me?" Like that didn't happen. She called Ashley. She didn't call you. So you weren't a part of anything. So Monique now gives I, Giselle nothing and she tries to find a way to make it about herself. Yeah, that's, it's very sad and problematic. But With then she goes, notes. I don't know how. <laughs> the invisible notes. <laughs> her invisible notes that she couldn't show <laughs> on the show. Because she didn't take them. So Hello. And she's like, I don't know how y'all can be a part of that. And they talk about the situation at hand. Um, and how Monique is doing, and Karen, who just hosted an entire, you know, meeting to try to support Monique and listen to Monique and amplify Monique's voice and everything, she is the main one who just told them that um, she told Candace that she would have pressed charges if she was her. That wasn't saying that she thinks Candace should press charges, but Candace is a young woman and an impressionable woman because she's Young enough, or, oh, young enough to not know really what to do in this situation because she hasn't lived all the life that you know. I guess these these other people have lived. Not to say that the older she'll get, the more she'll get you know get her ass whooped. But well, she, she at don't least stop. what a philosophy. She I mean, stop. hello, but <laughs> exactly, she at least is not old enough to know when to always pick her battles, and that's also something. And to know when something is uh, too much and when that line is to be crossed, like what Karen was telling Monique, like people are going to try you for the rest of your life. Look at me. I'm this age, and people keep trying me, and you just got to know what you got to lose in those situations. But she hosts this. Candace is listening to her mama. She's listening to Karen because that's they're exactly around, what I wanted to say. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're around you. that same age. No, you're right. And it's like, of course, that to her is like these people I trust. They are older than me, they are wiser than me, and I feel that of course she's then going to press charges i mean that makes a lot of sense because she got influenced to do so but karen has not told monique yet what do y'all think will happen there when monique finds this out i just think that it's um not just like karen like you said it was you know miss dorothy that is just like from the get-go she wanted her to do more than what she did and like that is what the buildup is because this is what uh, this last episode I keep saying to people like y'all want it so badly for Monique to show the remorse this episode she shows the remorse it sets in the horribleness of what she did why it's unacceptable and her trying to get to the root of where it came from this is the remorse that y'all have been talking about for the past two and a half three weeks and it's just like, obviously Monique is not going to, and Bravo, is not going to respond well to Candace taking this to the police just because, you know, Robin kind of stirred the pot too by telling Candace, like, you know, that Monique wasn't remorseful at this time. So it's just, it's a very like hard 
you know, reality to face. But I just feel like if Candace didn't press charges, it would they would be in a different place like right now i think there would be a lot of reconciliation that would be possible if that was the case i think Mm -hmm. the reconciliation that it looks like monique and chris are hoping for at the end which we'll get to it was possible if it wasn't even just that if robin didn't say to candace like hey she's not being remorseful it's why i said that i in my last episode i wish that the conversation with karen and the girls at karen's house a went differently but b really didn't even happen in front of us it felt like it was you know family conversation in front of us because i didn't like their vibe of what they were bringing to her putting all the responsibilities on being a black woman in america on one freaking person like come on first of all i didn't i don't watch housewives of any kind to look at the epitome of what it means to be a woman of class elegance and excellence that's not what the blueprint is it never has been not for the italians on Jersey, hmm. not for the bleach blonde white women on OC, not for anybody. That's what we watch Housewives for. Messy things we should not be doing as regular professional people. So, because that's why their jobs are housewives. They're not like other things. That's the whole point. They're not the peaceful. Hello. So I'm like, okay, that, but also it made it so difficult because I wish Monique would have either came in there and been like, I beat her ass. <laughs> I guess it was wrong. I probably shouldn't have because I got something to lose or it wasn't, it didn't warrant that reaction, but she pushed me for the last time and I snapped because snapping is allowed as a human. It happens. Is violence okay? Sure. No, absolutely not. But that's mainly because I'm like, girl, you got more to lose than this other girl. She has so much more to gain from you doing this than you do by doing this. But mainly it was because it was confusing because she's crying, but, like, I'm not sorry. So then what are you crying for? It's because right. you're embarrassed about what happened, but that's a very different <laughs> reaction than it just felt like, okay, I, if you're not going to be remorseful, I'm cool with that, to be honest. I really don't care because fighting happens. These things happen. Nobody expects you to be cool with someone who's running around town allegedly seeing your baby is not your husband's. I understand that. The problem is, She's like, I'm really ashamed, but then we'll like snap out of it real quick to get defensive at somebody. And then like, we'll go back to being like, oh my God. And then we'll go, I, okay, well, but I try just, me again. I don't like the fact that it was just, I just feel like it shouldn't have happened without mainly Candace because it just seemed that Giselle and Robin were yeah. there for completely different things. From Wendy, I understand. And I understand apologizing to all the women, but to have a town hall about it is what I did not like. If you're going to have a town hall, uh-huh. everyone should have been there and she should have apologized to Candace if she wasn't ready for that that I think is the point is that she apologized to the other women but wasn't apologizing for what she did it wasn't that she wasn't apologizing Mm. to Candace she was like I am not remorseful for what I did it is the same as everything she's done to me which is also not true because you can sue somebody Mm. sure for being, you know, a loud yeah. mouth or whatever and lying on you. But she didn't take that approach. She pulled yeah. away. So it was exactly. very different. And But the problem was, she was like, I'm sorry for putting on this situation. But it's like, but but then you say you're not. If you're not sorry for beating somebody's behind, then you're not sorry for putting That's them in that why situation. Like because I just felt like it, that whole thing was just unnecessary. I think maybe she should have talked to them individually if she wanted okay. to talk to them individually but i feel like which is something candace did she did candace did do that candace did but Mm -hmm. monique i think she it was so new she wasn't ready to do it um and then i giselle came there with her own agenda like Mm -hmm. it was to scold it was not to listen 
I like, don't even think all. they should have invited everybody. I think yeah, that Karen it, was trying didn't make to, any but sense. more so, I, I think Karen's thought process was, I need to give her the opportunity to save her job. Yeah. Like, if this yes. becomes a thing, I need to give her the platform to be remorseful enough so that it, maybe she can stay on or something can, you know, they won't be as mad and be like, hey, we don't condone this, blah, 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 as a full-time cast member. And the only that's going to get filmed is if everybody is there, as many people as possible. But And Karen did want Candace there originally. And I thought that should have yeah. been, you know, was important. But this is my whole thing is that, like, Monique needs more than therapy, I mean, more than just her pastor, though her pastor was spot on about a lot of things. She mm. needs therapy as well. Candace is in therapy, but she's not working the therapy. So she, <laughs> and her therapist is good, but she was not giving. Because if, to say that you had no part to play, even in the demise in your friendship, to say you maybe didn't warrant getting your wig snatched and your behind beat, sure. Maybe yeah, it didn't warrant fine. that reaction. That. However, you did contribute to the fact that your former really good friend felt it was possible and okay to whoop your ass. Now that you did contribute to, mm -hmm. to where a former, cause you know, you have certain friends that you may not be friends with them anymore as close, but I could never see myself beating them like or hurting them physically because we once had something. So especially with how do? close that they were. Okay. Like, like that's why she was like so mad. Like, of course, everyone's just like, she should be mad at Giselle, which, I agree, but it's like, yo, you were in my house holding my kids, you know, Chris is, the Chris's are friends, and then you go and you do this, which doesn't warrant, you know, her getting physical, but Candace did have a part in this. It doesn't deserve her, you know, getting her ass beat again, because everyone likes to say, oh, but she shouldn't have touched her. I get it, but I these understand. things happen. People... What, but also what did you do to make yes. it okay where this girl could go from loving you to so violently hating you or being so to, hurt by to the you point where like she is stopped her life and then literally well after they got her off went back running like a freaking running back to go and beat her ass again so absolutely it's just, like, it's just and funny. she has all the women in her ear telling her i i think it's also because they're not really addressing what Candace did to mm -hmm. offend Monique, but instead they they just keep addressing. Well, Monique, you know, jumped on Candace, and 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 they're not addressing that. So she's just ignoring that fact. She's going to therapy. Mm -hmm. She's popping her mouth, and she just thinks that she did nothing wrong. But it's like you have to also address your wrong in the situation. I get it didn't. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think she was talking ass but it definitely that night but other nights yeah but candace was getting out of line before that whole fight it definitely deserved like a tap on the shoulder if not like, <laughs> not a tap on the shoulder a brush by yeah a because brush. you can't snatch somebody up so like a <laughs> like, like a, yeah. like a little brush. I shoulder bump. I, I can't believe bump. you said that. Yeah, like <laughs> yes okay okay little brush by a little shoulder bump okay um now, as from a male perspective, Aaron, what did you think of Robin's wig named Tatiana? <laughs> <laughs> Was it a smash or a pass? Because I'm passing. I said, oh, no, honey, this is not the one. I, I, <laughs> I hate that I'm putting this predicament, but I did not care for the wig. I did, however, admire her being spontaneous with her fiance because they're engaged, right? 
You yeah, think so, that she was really trying to spice up their relationship, or was she just yeah. trying to soften the blow that she squandered on his money again? Both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Both, but I think it's a great it's idea. No I think it's it's great for him to maybe forget about it a little bit because he's so focused on her wig right now. Like, <laughs> do you think that Juan was turned on by it? No, not by that. I don't situation. think so, but I think he, you know, at the end of the day, he loves Robin, and I think he just was just like. Okay. <laughs> I just think it's just the poetic justice of her being all in Karen's business saying that she couldn't know. Uh, she didn't know what was going on in her house, but then uh, the tables turn, tables turn. Well, frankly, I just thought it was a missed opportunity of Karen's years ago. It was poetic a long time ago. When Robin said Karen doesn't know what's going on in her house, all Karen had to do was say, well, you knew what was going on in your house and you still broke. So, because hmm. she's the one who lost Juan's money, according Man. to her. So, so I mean, the shots now. are fine. She's everywhere. like, I cannot believe it, Juan. And they're like, always looking so for a house. Sorry. I don't know who looks for a house more, <laughs> either Robin from Potomac or Toya from Merritt's Medicine. Like, they are the battle Toy. of the houses. <laughs> Toya has <laughs> hers now, child. Point. And it's a beautiful one. Good for yeah. her. Robin, on the other hand, um, is still looking with Tatiana and Juan. <laughs> I just love the fact that Robin is the sleepiest housewife of all time. Oh according my God, to Bitch Sesh. But she is so funnily, like, not faced by the fact that she forgot to report 90k to the IRS. And I like, and I think that's the one thing that made me kind of like like her I guess you could say a little bit or look at her and be like haha that shit's funny because the <laughs> fact that was like, Robin used to be the most relatable housewife but yeah. forgetting a hundred grand is not relatable uh, we all know to tell the IRS someone just paid me six dollars do y'all need that <laughs> Do y'all need that six dollars back? Can I get four fifty? Especially like, everyone is paying more taxes than the president right now. And hello, guys... like, come on. And but Robin, what's funny is that she's so broke. Face. She was so broke. That was the whole point. Was that she was like the broke housewife? Like so how do you not it. know you had ninety k? If you was broke, you know when you're gonna it spare ninety k. That just slipped your mind. <laughs> That's how she talks too, and she brought it up like it wasn't. It. She's like, "Hey, I'm sorry about you know, no. I kind of upset Juan a little bit I when sorry. I went and you know, we just the IRS. it just 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 is our favorite word. I know this is our second time, Juan, and but I like it. I like Robin when she's not around Giselle. And, yes. I'll, and I'll say that over and over and over again. I think Robin That's when we get the velocity. Cool She gets that hell. physics PhD out when she's not around Giselle. She said the one thing about Robin the, that, the one thing about Robin that I definitely respect is that she's going to eat. Like, regardless. Yes. <laughs> she surely will. I'm going to eat. And remember when we all did the Potomac? Uh, yes, and she said, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm gonna be, I don't know if we can eat on here, but I'm hungry, so I'm eating and my that's, cheeseburger. That's just that on that, honey. So I maybe if she it. gives her Tatiana wig a part, like, we can... Not a part. <laughs> <laughs> we can do some. A middle part or a side part? A side. I think it was part to the side. Well, yeah, whatever to. it was, it wasn't working. Yeah. And it's so funny, because Robert has, like, 
a really great hairstylist. Yes. I actually know who she is. She's very, very well sought after. She's a great hairstylist. And her newest confessional, she just um uh, that she just gave us like today when we're recording this it's beautiful and i'm robin like girl why couldn't we get that wig because she's robin gorgeous with bobs robin and with shortcuts period robin exactly. is a gorgeous woman i mean she can really make almost any look work just not tatiana's look that was not the look for her <laughs> i think she was just playing i mean I, that's I clear that she she I brought hope the bartender she wasn't serious i hope that she i hate that she brought the bartender in it the bartender was like what <laughs> <laughs> of people that were like what let's talk about monique and this pastor because the pastor and the first lady were trying very hard not to be left home where she <laughs> said she she and i was actually kind of proud of monique because she did not uh, she wasn't light on the details she was like I, I i grabbed her like things went down the thing tables were shifting people's wigs were in my hands like she was very honest about what transpired even though her details are always still kind of the chronological order is a little shady um, because it's hazy to her still she so many out. days out. But she at least <laughs> is honest and she was like, I was blackout mad. Like I was mad, mad. I was the maddest of the mad and it 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 happened. Things went down. And I have heard people say on their podcast they have never heard of this title first lady. And I'm like, what church do y'all go to? But I recognize that it could be a, a Catholic church or something like that, that you know, or non-religious at all. But a first lady, ladies and gentlemen, is the and those in between, um, are is the position of the well it's the position that that woman that we don't know is trying to claim that she is of jamal bryant on twitter right now um first lady jamal bryant's first lady it is the wife or the well usually the wife of the pastor it is a very prominent role especially in a uh a, a black church mm -hmm. a church that has a lot of black people black culture mainly because that first lady is responsible for like all things women in that church so the women's ministry um all the women things she's up there with her husband constantly <laughs> um if you want to know more watch greenleaf on netflix that's, that's pretty much how thank that you works. there you that's go how that whole literally watch me to learn about Amen. how the black church experience goes down and how this is why karen said prayer always works because we will not take anything outside of the church honey and Everything i love the pastor i loved when she said it and and who was it that like <laughs> rejected it i think Wendy, she, said, she was like you're gonna need more than prayer and Karen was like, um, no. Prayer fixes everything. First Prayer of all, fixes everything. House. And I love how Winnie just got quiet. She was Be like, quiet. I rebuke that. Because you're not going to question God's, like. <laughs> she said, don't you underestimate my God, okay? <laughs> so Monique house. meets with her pastor and her husband. This is the same pastor from a couple seasons ago that had her, you know, talking about how she needed to make more time for her man and whatnot. Um, I'm not saying that shady to the pastor. I'm just like, I'm, you know, glad they're still a part of the same church. Sure. Um, anyway, <laughs> they, um, they meet with the pastor and the first lady. Um, that's typically done, especially when dealing with couples, so that you're not just having a man talking to a woman. It's, it's even, it's balanced, and, you know, there's a lot of respect there to be had that this isn't just some man telling some other man's wife what to do and how to do it. It's, you know, they're meeting in love. They're really good friends with these people. And 
Monique tells her side of the story, and the pastor gives, in my opinion, good talk. Did y'all think? And I I thought it was good talk because Monique was fine, actually remorseful. So finally, it was what Karen and all of them wanted to happen and wanted to do, but they needed to change their approach. And this exactly. pastor's approach was love coming from a place of love and literally spiritual guidance and wanting the best for her. What did y'all think of this moment? I think that this was the moment that the ladies wanted, but the way they went about it was not warranted. Like, I'm sorry if you invite me to a talent hall and then you just straight up attack me. And especially because Monique had moments where she was like going between, oh, okay, so that's how it happened. And then she would remember some stuff. Like she... I keep going back to this, but it's like if Giselle and Robin weren't like pounding her, she was very open to, you know, admitting that she was wrong. But, you know, we're talking about the pastor now. The pastor got exactly what we needed out of Monique that one, she was wrong, but two, what was wrong with Monique for herself to react that way? And three, to admit that Candace did not deserve it. And four, that she needs to apologize to Candace. And that's genuine true remorse not forced of the hand kind of remorse that the ladies tried to do earlier in the episode and i think and i think they also gave it some time too because that's what she was saying you know when she met with the lady she was like this all just happened you know i blacked out i've been a mom i'm a, I'm a wife i have all this stuff going on so i haven't really had time to hash it out in my head and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm getting here and you guys want to meet with me and, you know, we're talking about it, which is already an uncomfortable situation because you have to address something that you don't want to address. You know, you're not proud of it. And then you have these women hounding you and they want you to feel something that you don't feel. And, and it's unrealistic to expect that from a human being. So I, I think, you know, she took some time and she took the time her that she needed. So once she met with the pastor, it kind of was like, you know, it was it was right on time. It was right on time because it's not like he was telling her something different because I feel like the ladies were trying to tell her like the same thing, but they just were a little bit tough about mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I definitely can feel that. I liked what I saw. I liked that Chris was like supporting his wife and he was like, I'd love to figure out a way to make this work. Um, he's given me more in this scene than I've gotten from him this season. I've been a little underwhelmed by his support and encouragement. Um, specifically, the most I've ever felt from Monique was when she was walking out of the fight and she called her husband and was like, oh, I just got into a fight with Candace. And his first response was basically how it would make them look. And I was really not cool with that. At first, I was like, okay, so no, embarrassing is not the answer. Yeah. Did, is your wife okay? Does she have whiplash? Is she going to be arrested? Is she going to be fired? Is the mother of your children going to make it home in one piece? That, to me, is my first question, is all the things that are about being a spouse. And then you can scold her once you got the details, like if that's truly what you want to do. But the, for your first thing to be like, well, that's embarrassing. I'm like, okay, Chris, I need you to step it up a little bit. But in this moment, I felt like he let the pastor take the lead and was like, I would love to see a way for us to make this work mm -hmm. because I am really good friends with Chris and I feel like he's waiting for me to reach out and say something and I don't want to do it without you or speak for you. And I think that was what I really needed for him. He looked, you know, I want us to be united front. So I needed you to work this out with yourself and your pastor so that I could figure out how to do this as like the man of the family and reach out to this other man like, hey, because he would want that if 
it was his wife. Like Chris would be like, somebody better call my phone beating up on my wife like that. So <laughs> yeah. Hmm. yeah, I think that Chris definitely stepped it up. I mean, even from um the the trip that they took, I feel like, you know, Monique and Chris were a little bit like rocky. Mm. Mm. That season. whole you spent two hundred thousand dollars. He didn't even know she spent that much money, and he was he told her just shut it down immediately if it don't work no more. And I'm like, that's not it. That's not how we support. But okay. Um, and it's it's weird because I see Chris and Monique as like one of the like the first couple of Bravo for me personally because which I is just exactly like, how they want it, and that's why Monique was crying at mm-hmm, Carrie's house. That was the thing because she puts this pressure on herself to be this persona, like to be this perfect epitome. Like yeah. if you look at, I just recently did a podcast episode with um a newlywed married couple called it was it's called um planet millennial marriage and we went down a memory lane episode of potomac where chris and monique are there and chris and candace are engaged about to be married they're going through their prenup she had just texted him now wow shit about you know you're just like your daddy you a bad yeah. dad things like that <laughs> i and remember like, that I and remember that married that. couple <laughs> that i talked to were like and they still got married i'm shocked so I watched that though, and for the contrast of then was that you could tell Monique and Chris were very, very put on, and they were doing everything they could to be like, we are an amazing couple. We go on dates. We love each other. We go on dates on a Wednesday, a Thursday. We make time it. for each other. I give him all the sex. He has all the babies that he wants, and it's all wonderful. And that's the fun thing about Housewives. You cannot portray anything you are not for anything longer than a season. After a while, it will catch up to you. You will get tired. You will show other parts of yourself. It has happened to every single person, no matter what. Yeah. You, whatever you go on there thinking you're going to look like, won't you can't keep it up. It, it's yeah, going you to can't be produce yourself. For you cannot. Long. So, it, and it I think that's what out. we're looking at now is that they're not they're able to produce themselves. And I, I think that's why she also said, you know, that scene where she was talking to the ladies, and she's yeah. like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like. I don't know if this is for me anymore because to constantly worry about how you look or how people view you on TV when you're dealing mm-hmm. with some real life shit, like mm-hmm. when you're going through the actual moment, is very difficult. It's not you're not going to be able to pull yourself out of certain very modes. When you're angry, you're angry. When you feel something, you feel something. And when people try you, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it's truly on. just, especially if you're letting it build up. The way Monique was letting it build up, I mean, Candace yeah. could have literally just blinked at her and probably the same reaction <laughs> of her. Because, because she, I mean, I keep saying mm-hmm. the punishment didn't fit the crime, but that's also the point is that she kept yes. letting it build up. But she was like, I can't be too ratchet. I can't be too this. I got to let it go. It's fine. It's fine. My husband likes her husband. All these things. But look at what happened. Like, honestly, it could have been absolutely anything. And I think because that she now... she was putting it on the shelf. <laughs> there it is. And I think mm-hmm. the only reason that she ends up snapping and now she's definitely doubled down and is no longer the same remorseful person we saw with the pastor she's ready for that reunion honey and she's coming guns blazing as she told mr andrew cohen on watch that happens live <laughs> to the point where i'm pretty sure he texted her afterward like you said too much you're not supposed to say all that which is why i think she might be making her exit soon but i don't know um... i don't think that everyone i think that a lot of people agree with you that you know, Monique might not last on this show. Like, I think she'll leave. Longer. I don't think she's going to get fired. I don't think she's going to stay. She said that, well, her live said that she was going to stay, but you can't go by, you know, especially now before the reunion. They haven't even filmed it that. yet. But yeah. I think everyone's like, oh, she deserves to get fired. And I'm like, I'm I don't sorry. Think she deserves to get fired. Not. 
No, because she just that's ridiculous. Like, they didn't fire Stassi when she bitch slapped the hell out of Kristen. They didn't <laughs> oh. fire Teresa when she flipped the table for literally yeah. no reason. All Danielle was said was, "Will you listen, please?" And uh, Teresa said, "Prostitution whore engaged nineteen times, flip table." I'm like, girl, she ain't say nothing. Oh, I have damn. a compilation of all of the other housewives being naughty on my Instagram to say, Didn't Tara put a whole glass of wine on Gina's whole eye socket? She like threw it in her direct face. Line of vision, okay? Lisa Renna broke a glass, could have scratched up Kim Richards. We fine. Like, yeah, nobody else got who fine. literally took her leg off. Her <laughs> tossed it. Off. it. <laughs> Gave it a nice little table. pass. Okay, a nice Super like, Bowl pass, okay? Oh. So, you know, I think that we'll see. I think she was just hurt because she was gearing up to talk to Candace and thought it would and just be up bam. to them to figure it out. And then Candace involved other people in front and of And that's what face. also Bravo doesn't like either. When you get the police involved, they want to handle this like in-house. So, mm-hmm. and especially because Candace didn't instantly go and file a police report. Yeah. She let everyone like talk her up to do it. And Bravo yeah. doesn't like when you take things to that level. So it's like, even yep. if Bravo thought about, you know, possibly letting Monique go, especially because of the way that she acted, like when she ran back and the producers had to get her on all that, like, and then for Candace to like wait and then file charges and then Monique file charges back, it's like Candace fumbled her own bag, especially the way that she's been behaving in lives before the season like premiered. And then on, on top of that, it's just like, things happen. Like people fight sometimes it's not okay yeah but it's not like mm-hmm. not original it's not something that we don't see like in real life people fight too like this is the real housewives of Potomac obviously it, it's so shocking because we never see these particular ladies get physical but I didn't like that whole montage of Giselle trying to say oh remember when you you know you had the umbrella and then remember when you said this like she never actually put her hands on anyone exactly it was shocking to see that because these ladies don't behave that way she'll be fine i think that we'll see what happens and i know where i'll be as soon as we do see what happens to see how right y'all are please tell the people where they can find y'all's podcast y'all's instagram so that they can go on ahead and get all the good tea and everything and then we're just going to be recording for the patreon right after this so if y'all want to know their takes on the hot topics and all the other things that are happening on bravo such as these weddings honey in the middle of a global pandemic while you can't take your kids outside other Ooh. people out here getting married and whatnot <laughs> sipping champagne so we're going to talk about all of that but please tell everyone where they can find you in the meantime instagram twitter uh buzzsprout youtube apple Podcasts, all of that spotify yep. and it's bravo wild black bravo wild black for everything yeah and we have merch coming soon you guys yeah. so we're excited about that <laughs> Yes, merch. We love a good merchandise opportunity. We love to don the things that we listen to as literally, that's all I wear these days. I, everything I have is like gold half moon and something with Dorit on it. Oh, you love look her. at it yeah, just and go, who away is Dorit? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She stands by the windows and takes the pictures. Yeah, you know, Dorit with the lemons. But anyways, thank you guys so much for coming on. I thank really appreciate it. Of so course, much. The rest of y'all, please go check them out at Bravo Wild Black. Their Instagram will be also, of course, linked in the episode description. Guys, get onto the Patreon right now because I'm keeping them on. And we're going to talk all things hot topics and ratings and 
all the things that y'all are asking me about every day in the DMs that I just forget to answer to because they really pile up and I'm sorry. But you can still connect with me on Instagram and Twitter, of course, by searching Mixing with Moni at M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And if it applies to you, though, it still should, even if you in Georgia, stay happy, stay healthy, and please stay home. Bye. Thank you for listening. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.